Breaks. It's Monday, September 11th, 2023. Coming up on the program today, how Christian dramatic movies deal with gonorrhea. Plus, exchanging presents on 9-11. No one should have to deal with dog farts and premium economy. And your assignment? Write something nice about a rapist. You're going to be graded on grammar and content. I'm Patty Patty, Cincinnati, and only five feet two. I am a chubby, a little chubby, that's why I'm so blue. I could be a beauty, a real cutie, if I tried a bit. But I don't care, it's just not fair to stop. So I sing my song all the day long while my mind's in the world. Yes, I'm Patty Patty from Cincinnati and I'm nobody's girl. I could be a beauty, a real cutie if I tried a bit. But I don't care, it's just not fair to stop. Show with Tim Henson. And I love the aftertaste of semen in my mouth. At least I'm not going to die because I'm a careless fairy. Are you on the internet? Isn't that for techno geeks with spreadsheets? Crystal meth loosens up your butthole. You know, Optimus Prime is my husband, nigga. Yes, Tim Henson back here with you to kick off a new week program. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I have to mention this, but, uh, you know, it is 9 11. Hope y'all are celebrating. Hope you all got what you wanted underneath the rubble. What? I thought that's pretty much how everyone celebrates 9-11. It's like Christmas, but instead of putting up a tree, you construct a mini seven-foot World Trade Center. Then the night before 9-11, you blow it up. And then the next morning, you look underneath the rubble and the terrorists have left you presents. Is this like a regional thing or something? Y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy. I am not crazy. I'm pretty sure this tradition started back in 2005. We were trying to make lemonade out of lemons. Bonus, this is a nice midway point between Easter and Christmas. There was a real dry spell on the calendar when it comes to gift-giving holidays, so we saw an opportunity. There's quickly been all sorts of traditions that have started. You know, like after you blow up the World Trade Center in your living room, you leave the terrorists a plate of falafel and a cup of powdered barley and camel milk. This year, old Saint Marwan Youssef Mohammed Rashid Lakreb El Shahi left me a new PS5 controller under the rubble. Score, right? Anyway, the point is I'm having a great day. Merry 11th to you and death to America to your loved ones. Fa la 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 Right? That's obviously not a real September 11th holiday song. That's one thing this holiday does not have yet. A lot of carols and festive music. I tried to rectify that situation by turning to AI. Oh boy. You know, artificial intelligence has come a long way, but it cannot read the room. Time to rise, time to shine, party, party, party time. There will be cake, there will be planes, fireworks and hell will rain. Do, 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 it's party. 
party, party time here in heaven. Party with my boys on September 11th. Don't get me wrong. The entire song is great. It's just at the end, she rushes the word September 11th. September 11th? Almost like she's afraid to sing that. I don't know why. Sing it loud and proud, honey. You're going to party with your boys on September 11th. Well, there you go. I guess until we find our September 11th holiday anthem, we'll just have to keep playing Linda Finkel and her 9-11 tribute song. It's a Linda Finkel hates America. Yeah, she said 9-11 was a beautiful day. No, that is not that is not her 9-11 tribute song. It's a different day she's singing about. If I remember correctly, I think I saw in the liner notes of her album that that song was about the day the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. Interesting to see where her allegiances lie, considering I'm pretty sure she's Jewish. Anyway, here is her 9-11 song. This is, this is how I found Linda Finkel. This is why we have a Linda Finkel Hall of Fame nominee. Her song, Are You With Us? Are you with us or are you against us? Do you hate us? Lay the blame for your problems on us. Could you please explain? Please explain. The source of your pain. Because it makes no sense to us. Are you for us or do you for us? Long before Hillary Clinton uh, called Trump supporters deplorables, Linda Finkel was using that word. Oh, a, a true songstress, wordsmith. Now, of course, the real question is, who is a better singer-songwriter? <laughs> Linda Finkel or Mead Skelton? It's not that simple. Oh, yeah, it really is. It's not that simple. Nothing good ever is. It's clear as day. You have to understand after right after 9-11, like the days following 9-11, everyone lost their goddamn minds. You know how the pandemic was <laughs> insane, how people acted and responded and it was just like on the news 24-7. That was that was like 9-11, but like 9-11 was a physical attack from terrorists. So we were all just like freaked out. People were scared, and there was, like, this weird patriotic streak that ran through us for, like, you know, a couple months where we were, like, sticking magnetic flags to our cars. It was bonkers. And, you know, the thing is, we're now, what, 20-some years outside of 9-11-2001, and so there are. it's conceivable that I've got listeners here that weren't even born when this shit happened. Just trust me. It was a big deal. So my point is you got to sort of give Linda Finkel a, a little, a small pass here for writing such uh, a, a dopey ass song because, you know, she was like, she thought of herself as a singer songwriter. And she's like, what can I do about 9-11? I'll write a song about it. That'll heal the nation. What? Instead, she gave us all a collective headache. Whatever we want. More importantly, she gave us the Linda Finkel Hall of Fame. And for that, I will forever be grateful. 
Switching gears ever so slightly, you know, um, a lot of people who have listened to this podcast have referred to me as uh, pessimistic or cynical, vulgar, evil, devious, smarmy, sexy, charismatic, hunky, youthful, charming, intelligent, big cocked. I hear that a lot. Chiseled, featured. Okay, a lot of those aren't true. I got carried away. The first couple, though, that, that's what people usually say about me. Vulgar, cynical monster. Most of those I can, you know, get on board with. (laughs) I see where you're coming from. I will reluctantly agree with you. But the one I take issue with is the word pessimistic. I know the content of the show is dark, but uh, ultimately I think I am an optimist in life. And uh, something happened recently that uh, proved this to myself. Because, you know, after you you hear something enough, you start to believe it. I'm like, oh, maybe my listeners are onto something. Maybe I am all doom and gloom. Well, recently, it was uh, a few days ago, it was like the last super hot day in Cincinnati. It was like, it felt like over 100 degrees. The last thing I wanted to do was go outside, right? Well, I was in the house and I happened to walk past the front window that overlooks our front yard. And I saw all these white things big chunky white things i'm like what the fuck is in the yard i thought maybe our trash can toppled over and there were like paper plates or napkins i couldn't quite tell what it was pieces of paper now you know when i lived in columbus we lived in a very affluent neighborhood i mean you know we were renting so it's not like we could we couldn't afford a house in that neighborhood we were like renting and it was so nice There was never any fucking shenanigans. Here in Cincinnati, we live in, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, What's the word? Uh, An integrated (laughs) neighborhood? And I I don't think I'm using the right word here because it's not a white, black thing. Although... We've got all sorts of people living here. When I say integrated, I mean there are uh, normal, nice, clean folk. And then there are gutter people. You know, like the the people that routinely will just be whizzing by in their car, throwing out their fast food bags. I can't tell you how many times I find like a Chick-fil-A cup or something in our front yard. So that's what I thought it was. I thought it was like a styrofoam cup that someone had run over and smashed into a million pieces. So I reluctantly went outside to pick up the pieces in our front yard. And when I went outside, oh my God, I was blown away. The entire street, not just my front yard, from end to end on this street, it was completely covered in white little pieces of paper, like twice the size of like a receipt almost. So, you know, it was like still small pieces of paper. They're like rectangles. I was like, what the fuck is this? So I get down to the front yard and I get a closer look of what these things actually are. They're lotto tickets. Thousands of lotto tickets. Someone was pissed off because they spent a good chunk of cash thinking, you know what, I'm going to play all the numbers. And then it sounds, based on how angrily they threw out all of the tickets from their car window, they didn't win jack shit. So I started to pick up all of the lotto tickets in my front yard. And then I was thinking, there's no way they checked all of these numbers. I bet you they don't even know that, uh, you know, the Ohio lottery has an app that you can just scan the barcode and it'll tell you if you won or not. So maybe, you know, maybe they won a few bucks on a couple of these lotto tickets and they didn't even, you know, they don't even know it. How could they check all thousand tickets accurately, right? 
I mean, these people sounded dumb, right? They didn't sound like they knew how to use an app. I mean, they bought thousands of lottery tickets. How bright could they possibly be? So I spent the next half hour <laughs> collecting all of the lottery tickets, not just in my front yard, but all the way down the street. My neighbor was thanking me. He was like, oh my God, thank you so much for doing this. I saw those things flying down the road and I picked up a few, but you know, he was working on the house. He's like, I didn't have time to like, you know, clean them all up. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just being a good neighbor. When in reality, I'm like, I'm going to be rich. See, the optimist in me. This is what I'm trying to tell you. I know <laughs> deep down that these fucking tickets are worthless. No one's going to leave money on the table like that. But still, the optimist in me was like, yeah, there's there's a, there's a slight chance. Maybe a couple of those lottery tickets got stuck together and they forgot to scan one or something. I don't know. They were all for like the previous night's drawing. So, you know, I spent a half hour going up and down the street, getting all the tickets. And then I spent another half hour scanning all of the, all of the tickets and uh, end result. Nothing. I They were all losers because of course they were. But up until that last ticket, I was holding out hope. So, you know, no one should ever call me a pessimist. By the way, I'm still not done scanning those things because, you know, I live in Cincinnati, which is right on the border of Ohio and Kentucky. Half of those motherfucking lotto tickets are for the Kentucky lottery. I still have a stack of them. There weren't as many. Maybe I'll take a picture of what I have left just to show you how many at least like Kentucky lottery tickets I have. I threw away the Ohio ones. I guess I have to. I still haven't downloaded the Kentucky lottery app. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to scan all those, too. I'm still convinced there's a winner in there because I'm a goddamn moron. Next time I talk to you, freaks, it'll be on my yacht. I'm going to purchase with all my winnings. Suckers. All right. Listen, I do have some audio I want to share with you before we get into the news today. We have featured some bad Christian drama films in the past. A few of them starred an old man named Gramps. Oh, there's a whole series of Gramps movies. Like Gramps Goes to College. Remember that one? Gramps is played by Donald James Parker, and he's also the writer and director of these shit flicks. I've got a new one here for you. Now, this one uh, does not star Gramps per se, the character Gramps, but it still stars Donald James Parker. It's called Best Friends Recycled, and I'd like to walk you through the entire goddamn thing because uh, apparently I hate you and you died and this is your personal hell. I'm the devil. All right. So uh, we begin with two old friends playing chess. One guy who is not Gramps. I think I think Gramps' name is Tony in this movie, by the way. So we'll, we'll just call him Tony. Tony, one, two, three, Tony. Anyway, uh, the guy playing against Tony messes up and asks if he can uh, have a, uh, a do-over, like take his move back. And uh, Tony, Tony, uh, says, okay, but you owe me one. And that's when the guy reminds Tony of another favor. Oh, you know, that reminds me. Um, what about that favor you owe me? What are you talking about? Well, you remember a while back you said you'd do me a favor and let me pick out your next wife. Already, this movie is crazy. Who allows their friend to pick and not just I'm not, not just setting someone up on a blind date. I am going to pick the woman you're going to marry. Would you ever allow your friends, <laughs> your idiot friends to pick your wife for you? No, of course not. Even if you are like fucking 90. Oh, that one. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. I almost forgotten about that one. <laughs> well, I certainly haven't forgotten about it. In fact, I've been thinking about it quite a bit lately. So, 
think you're ready for me to get started? Do you think I'm sufficiently recovered from the Jezebel incident yet? Again, terminology no one uses in this day and age. You paired me up with a Jezebel. Remember, Tony is a devout Christian, which means like holding hands is like a third date thing. So God knows what he considers to be a Jezebel. She wore makeup and I saw her ankle. Ah, modern day whore of Babylon. Tony, Tony, Tony. What? Oh, no. No, Tony, Tony, Tony. They were, no one was summoning you. Oh, Jesus Christ. Someone just Beetlejuiced Tony, Tony, Tony. Tony, now look, we both know that old adage about falling off a horse. Jackson, I didn't fall off a horse. I fell off of a whore. It wasn't my rear end that got bruised. It was hers after I fucked her ass with my big cock. (laughs) Denied from the world famous Apollo Theater, it's showtime. Featuring performances by R&B supergroup All For One. Filthy sex-based stand-up comedy by Gramps. And another installment of Apollo Kids with your host, Steve Harvey. Sorry, I had no idea Gramps works so blue. All right, so we met Tony and his friend. They're playing chess. Now let's meet some women who are out at lunch clucking it up. Cradle robber, huh? A girl can dream, can't she? Yeah, so she just saw a cute waiter walk past her. These are all older women, by the way. Prior to the start of me playing this clip, they were all complaining about how there are no eligible men at church. They're all married or ugly. (laughs) What was that? I was practicing my cougar growl. Now, don't tell me you wouldn't take a younger man if you could get him. Well, actually, I prefer older men. That's the woman. That's the woman who's going to end up with gramps. I want someone who'll be a leader, and if I'm older than he is, I might not submit as freely. Damn, do Christian bitches really talk like that? I can only submit to an older man. Well, you know, Tony seems right up her alley. You just used the S word. No, I didn't. Submit. Oh, you don't like that word. Heavens, no. That is so Neanderthal. I have a boss at work. The last thing I want to do is go home to another one. So they have a whole discussion about submitting to your husband. How do you believe a family should operate without the submission principle? I think a husband and wife should talk things over and decide together on what to do. Well, that's right. But then what do you do if you disagree? Murder. You kill him in cold blood. That's how you get your way. Well, I expect him to change his mind, eventually. My philosophy is that my husband was the tiebreaker. So that that means your husband always wins. It's always what he wants, right? This is why it's so great to be the guy in an evangelical Christian relationship. You know, if you both agree on something, then the guy's getting what he wants. If one of you disagrees, though, the tiebreaker's him, so he gets what he wants. Yeah, I think I'm all for this. That was the power given to him by God to be the authority of the family. I feel like it's important to mention that this film was released uh, last year. 
not like the 1950s or something. Still, some of the ladies at the table are not on board. I just couldn't operate like that. Why not? I want to be in control of my life. That's your problem. You keep thinking of yourself as a full-fledged human being, when in reality, you're more of like um, a prop for a man, there to be used when needed. Oh, I'm starting to get it now. You should have submitted your life to God, and then in obeying God, you would then submit to your husband. Pretty much, you just have to keep submitting to everything. Submit to God. Submit to men. You really just need to stop thinking so much. Well, what about my children? Oh, no, no. You, you've got to submit to them, too. We have a dog. You're below the dog. Submit to that, too. Our goldfish? You're on par with the goldfish. That's really a toss-up. Take turns submitting. Your family needs to be guided by God's... All right, as this cunt is rattling on and on and on, we notice there's another patron at the restaurant listening to this conversation, being a real creep about things. It's Tony's chess-playing friend. I think he's getting some ideas. He cannot help himself but play matchmaker, which is a very, like, feminine role, isn't it? Tony, don't worry about a thing. I'm going to find you a lady. Talk about submitting. I think this guy's submissive. Anyway, he talks to the women and like, hey, I know this guy. He's weird like you. Why don't we all go out to dinner? So it's two women and uh, Tony and his uh, gay ass matchmaking friend. Can I reserve judgment until after the evening is over? Oh, yes. So Tony has excused himself to go take a piss. And uh, matchmaker gay here is asking, hey, ladies, what do you think of Tony? She wants to reserve judgment until after the date. I like that he looks and acts young for his age and is striving to keep his youth. That really scores big with me. So if I had to give an answer right now, I would say yes. Oh, the question was, would you blow him? It's a tentative yes. Her feelings on fellatio are subject to change. But I would like a chance to find out more. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense. The matchmaker and the other lady leave. So, you know, Tony and uh, his date can get to know one another. And that's when Tony finally figures out this is a setup. Wait a second. He wasn't supposed to know, I guess, that this was a date because, you know, Tony doesn't want to be set up. All of a sudden, this scenario was taking on the appearance of a drive-by matchmaking. So he figures it out, and he hatches a plan with his new lady friend to get back at Jackson. How'd you like to have some fun? <laughs> what kind of fun? Blow up the World Trade Center kind of fun. And that's how 9-11 happened. Because Gramps didn't think America was a Christian nation anymore. How would you like to blow Doris and Jack's minds? Sounds so devious and unchristian. Jackson and the other broad, uh, you know, they're elsewhere in the restaurant. And after dinner, uh, Gramps here and his new lady were, were like, hey, uh, we're going to meet up with you a little bit later. We're going to go take a walk by the lake and make out. Maybe I'll feel her up. And then Jackson's like, oh, my God, you're a Christian. You shouldn't be talking like that in a real high-pitched voice like that because I'm still convinced he's gay. So that was Gramps' big idea of, uh, you know, having a little fun, getting back at his friend for uh, hooking him up with this woman. Anyway, uh, they end up going to the lake and just talking. You know, and it is in proclaiming the blood of the lamb that oh, we Jesus. overcome Satan. 
call me old-fashioned, but lamb blood and satanic chat, that's really a fourth date type of thing. You really need, you should keep it light and airy on that first, like they're still getting to know one another. This is what's happening on their romantic walk by the lake. It's been like less than an hour. Just say you're religious and, and, and that should be the end of it for the, for the first night. Julie, what do you believe about speaking and praying in tongues? Oh my God, if there is a scene where these two are like, I will lose my shit. Greatest film ever, right? Let me guess, she's all for it. I do it. Yeah. Why? I'm a complete fucking freak. That's an area that I want to investigate. My granddaughter does it too. I think you're going to love her. Whoa, Gramps, slow down. This is like barely your first date and your dinner is still digesting. Now, think about how these two are talking to one another. What's what? What's the big takeaway, right? They're both very insanely religious. Still, like these characters go totally non-linear at random times. Like at the end of the date, she asks him like, hey, would you like to, I don't know, maybe like go to church with me on Sunday and then we can go bike riding? She asked him on the date, which is, you know, not being a submissive, subservient bitch like God tells her to be. Uh, but, uh, you know, Gramps, of course, is like, yeah, sounds good. Sunday will be perfect. My granddaughter's out of town and I would have had to go to church alone. This way I can just trade one pretty girl for another one. All right. Very sweet. She asked him to go to church. He said yes. Complimented her on her looks. She doesn't like this, though. Now there's a problem all of a sudden. I should have told you that. Flattery will get you nowhere. Nice try, Gramps. You're not getting in these pants. Why's that? I don't... Tony, I... I don't want a normal flirtatious or worldly-based romance. First of all, she's done some of the flirting, too, already. Now, all of a sudden, it's a problem. Also, apparently, more, having morals is a problem. I don't want a morally-based relationship. I thought morals was a good thing to have. Especially Christians believe that, right? Now, all of a sudden, she's like, I want anything goes. Pussy out. Come on, finger it. Finger this angry cunt. Mama's hungry. I let strangers do it. Homeless men finger bang me, you know? I have no morals. I don't want a morals-based relationship. Is that what she's talking about? And no flirting. That's gross. It creeps me out. It gives me the ick. I want a man of God. Where the fuck have you been all night, lady? Tony is a man of God. On your first date, you discussed praying in tongues and the blood of lamb and Satan and shit. Wow. Get with the program. Oh, uh, that sounds kind of uh, unusual. What? You're all about this. I don't understand what's going on here. Why is there a problem? I guess because it's 48 minutes into the movie and there needs to be conflict or a snag. Otherwise, it's not a movie. Anyway, this is totally out of character for Tony, where he's like, you're weird, lady. I don't understand. No doubt. In the Message Bible, there's a passage that... I'm going to spare you all the boring parts of this movie. They end up seeing one another. And actually, for the next 30 minutes or so, uh, side note, this movie is excruciatingly long. 
But uh, these two are having a great time. There's a montage of these two going on dates, uh, riding bicycles, having Bible studies. The montage is also excruciatingly long. About an hour and 20 minutes into this movie, there seems to be another problem that arises, which seems like, you know, fairly far along to introduce a new foil. We've been seeing each other for like almost a year now, right? 11 months and 18 days. How many hours? Well, what time is it? <laughs> <laughs> Life is great. Things are about to get real serious here, though. <laughs> Let's don't get silly here. Uh, this is supposed to be a, a serious conversation. I'm sorry. Like every fucking thing in this movie, it takes so long to get to the point. I'm not sure I can... I can keep up this slow pace. You're going too slow for gramps. He's like, we got to move this along. I'm not getting any younger. My dick's going to stop working. Ultimately, uh, he just wants to talk about marriage. And before they can talk about marriage, there's some other things they need to discuss, like finances, conflict resolution. You know, they want to see if they're compatible. I don't know what the hell they've been doing for the last 11 months together. But it's uh, this conversation when they're sitting down in a park on a bench when they're finally going to decide if they're compatible and uh, the topic of sex comes up and that's when Gramps remembers something. We've been really disciplined in the area of sex, but I think we at least need to talk about it. I agree. Um... No toes, butt stuff, doggy or wheelbarrow, missionary only, basically. I'm open to oral, but only on major holidays. Wait a second, Julie, I... I think I need to tell you something that's not going to be funny at all. Gramps is trans. Gramps is trans. Gramps has lady parts. I wouldn't have to tell you this, but... Society. It just wouldn't be fair to you if I didn't. Actually, I should have told you shortly after we started seeing each other. Ooh, this is going to be bad. Well, you better tell me quick. My imagination's starting to run wild and the suspense is building in my head. I found out we were long-lost brother and sister, but I still want to have sex with you. A little over a year ago, I got tangled up with some woman who wasn't quite as wonderful as you. She seduced me, and, and we became sexually active. Oh, my God, Gramps got laid. That should be the name of this movie. And then I found out she was just playing me for a sucker. She was making it with at least one other young guy. No. Uh-oh. This is not sitting well with her. You mean to tell me you've had sex? It's like, he's 87 years old. <laughs> Plus, you know, she's a widow. I don't know if we covered this or not, but she was married at some point, so she's gotten sex. Julie, please say something. That the silence is killing me. You are. <laughs> Did you have a test for sexually transmitted diseases? This is what you're worried about? You're worried about chlamydia? Especially AIDS. Let's pause for a second here. Let's say Gramps was infected by this woman. She had some something funky-tunky. HIV, what have you. They're both so old, it doesn't matter. You're going to die of natural causes. Way before HIV AIDS will take you out. 
Go on, you two. Live your best life. No. Oh. Ramps. As you surely realize, this disclosure doesn't make me very excited about talking about marriage right now. (laughs) Yeah, this is an odd, odd conversation to have. It was supposed to be about marriage, and he's like, oh, I completely forgot. I realized... I stuck my dick in Strange a while back. I don't know what to do about this. (laughs) Pray in tongues. I'm going to keep pushing for that. (laughs) But I do know this, that I want you to get that test. She is very concerned about genital warts. Tony, you surely realize that... If you do have AIDS, this relationship can probably go no further. What a cold-hearted bitch. If you've got some sort of disease, I'm out, baby. That's how we Christians deal with this shit. Is this what she means when she says, uh, like, she doesn't want a relationship based on morals? Through sickness and health, till death do us part is for suckers. I'm so sorry, Julie. Uh, Julie! I should have thought of this a long time ago. Julie! Julie! argue that with you. Julie! But we can't turn back the clock now either for your decision to not tell me. Julie! Or for the actual affair itself. (sighs) It wasn't an affair. It was before he knew you, and it was with a woman that he thought was also single. Like, they were dating. Oh god, I feel sick right now. Like, this just came out of nowhere, right? Like, and now we're almost like an hour and 30 minutes into this film. How do you think I feel? Tony, I wanted this to work out as much as you did. Wow, you're going to give up. First little snag in the relationship and you're out. God, both of these people are insufferable. I think I better go now. Let me know when you find out. Let's be honest. There's no reason to think he does have AIDS. I understand wanting to be safe and get a, uh, getting a test, but my God. I'll try to figure out then how to proceed. But He's already received a death sentence here. In the meantime. AIDS test, AIDS test, AIDS test. I'll be spending a lot of hours with the Lord. Someone I know doesn't have hep C. Julie then talks to her friend who I guess comforts her. There is an alternative besides dumping him. Where the hell are you going with this? You're not suggesting what I think you are. It's called a surrogate pussy. Here's how it works. No, that's not what she's suggesting, right? I saw a movie once. A real tearjerker. The woman had AIDS, and the man still married her and risked his whole life. So her best friend's suggestion is to just fuck the old dude with AIDS. I like the way this woman thinks. People can fly faster than a speeding bullet in movies, too, Doris. But that's not real life. It can be if you really love him. I've got some pause porn here for you to watch. Just see if it does anything for you. Try saying some of these phrases out loud. Infect me, daddy. Fill me up with pause cum. Give me the gift. I'm your little bug-chasing whore. Like, what the hell is this movie? This is taking an insane turn. Near the end of the movie, these two decide to meet up at a park because they miss each other. And they're like, you know, just catching up. 
having a few laughs, complimenting one another. Oh, and I forgot to mention Tony here. Tony, one, two, three, Tony. Tony brought his AIDS test results with him. He hasn't read it. He's going to let her do the honors. Like, why would you do that? Find out beforehand. (sighs) Well, it's the drum roll and we need it. Tony, now is not the time for jokes. Now's the time to pray in tongues. Come on, do it. Uh, She looks at the paper here. Takes about 12 minutes to unfold. I don't like that face. She's crying. Either you're reading bad news there or you're doing a really good job of pulling my leg. Okay, so she's reading it. The heck with it. What do you mean? Oh my God, Gramps has AIDS. The heck with it. Another turn I did not expect. I don't care. I don't care what that paper says. Well, maybe he does. Even if you decide to be with him, I feel like he needs to know and need to talk to doctors, get a plan, start getting some medication, you know? I only care what my heart says and my heart says that it wants to live with you as long as it keeps beating. Which may or may not be too long. Julie, if I have AIDS, that could cut your life short and the end would not be pretty. I'll take my chances. This is so fucking romantic. (laughs) Tony. Infect me. I believe that God can protect me. Oh my God. What the fuck? This is the worst possible message to send out to people. God's gonna... And I believe that he can heal you. Oh my God. What the hell? (laughs) This is so stupid. Just when I think it can't get any more dumb. I'm not sure I'd let you subject yourself to this. When you can't stop me. Oh yeah, I can. You can't force me to stand up in front of a pastor and you can't make me say I do. So you won't marry me? I don't know. (sighs) Can you just read the paper? Maybe it's time I need to think about this. Tony, don't worry about me. I'm a big girl. We'll get through this together. Okay, now he's going to pick up the... Just say yes. Wait a second. There's something wacky here. It says here that my blood type is A negative. It's all positive. Okay, that is a colossal fuck up and a potential lawsuit waiting to happen. They're giving someone else's results to you? What does that mean? Really? We have to spell this one out for you? All right. So then he goes back and he gets the real results. It means they found nothing. Not a zippo. I am clean. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to bareback me tonight, baby. (laughs) If I were Gramps, I'd be like, it doesn't mean I'm going to marry you, though. I learned how completely crazy you are, and I don't feel like you're the right woman for me. Talk about how God's going to protect you from AIDS and cure my AIDS? Okay. Cuckoo. All right. Well, there you go. That's Best Friends Recycled, a Donald James Parker joint. Uh, and with that, let's get into the crazy, bizarre twist. And I fucked up news right now. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Even more Distorted View Daily by signing up for the Sideshow, DB's member site. Every week I do brand new exclusive shows just for paying freaks, typically on Tuesday and Thursday. This week is no different. That means tomorrow's episode is going to be just for Sideshow members. So if you want to hear it, you got to sign up. Memberships are very inexpensive, only $6.99 a month. Even less when you opt for a quarterly, semi-annual, yearly, or lifetime membership. When you sign up, you get access to a uh, password-protected RSS feed. RSS feeds are those things that you plug into your podcast app to get all of the shows. The Sideshow feed works with most podcasting apps, but for an even easier way to gain access, if you happen to use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, you can sign up right in those apps. Just a few taps. The Sideshow exclusive episodes will appear right alongside the free episodes uh, in those apps, whichever one you choose to sign up with. For more information, check out distortedview.com and, of course, superfreaksideshow.com. One final way to help support the show, we do have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash distortedview. You know, I do this program for a living, so every little bit helps. Thank you so much to everyone who has pledged a buck or five or 20 or 50 my way. If you pledge at least $5, you get access to a special voicemail line where I will play your calls first. If you pledge at least 20, occasionally I send out uh, like DV merchandise to you. Little goodies. I'll be doing that in the next few months. So sign up right now. Patreon.com slash Distorted View. All right. Three very quick stories now. First up, you may have heard about Danny Masterson. He was an actor on that 70s show and a uh, like a huge rapist. That's probably his best known role at this point. He was recently sentenced to uh, like 30 years in prison for two counts of rape. And, you know, occasionally before sentencing in these cases, friends and family of the defendant will write letters or give out statements. And the idea is to sort of sway the judge to be lenient with the sentencing. You know, in the letter, these people might say, you know, the rapist isn't all bad. He's not all rape all the time. When I was around him, you know, when I worked with him, he did very little raping. He even told me a time or two, I'm trying to quit. He was trying to be a good dude. In the case of Danny Masterson, apparently Danny's family reached out to his co-stars of that 70s show to write some character statements. Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher both responded, and they're getting some heat for that. Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher, two of Danny's best-known co-stars from that 70s show, went to bat for the convicted rapist before he was hit with a 30-year-to-life prison sentence for sexually assaulting two women at his Hollywood home nearly two decades ago. So did other actors on the long-running sitcom like Deborah Jo Rupp and uh, Kurtwood Smith. I guess those were the parents on that 70s show. His brother-in-law, like real-life brother-in-law, William Baldwin, also wrote a letter. Giovanni Ribisi wrote a letter. A lot of people talking about what a what a wonderful guy this, this dude is. Ahead of his sentencing Thursday, Masterson's victims portrayed the 47-year-old as a predator in a powerful impact statement delivered to the court. Following the sentencing, one of Masterson's lawyers maintained his innocence and said that the fight was far from over. The appellate lawyers are confident that these convictions will be overturned. In letters to the court submitted before the sentence was issued, Kunis and Kutcher painted a portrait of the disgraced actor that was completely at odds with the ruthless predator who drugged and raped helpless women. It's like, yeah, most rapists don't act like a rapist in front of everyone. They know that it's wrong, so they just act like a rapist in front of the person they're raping. 
the rest of the time they want to be on their best behavior so they don't get caught. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that he wasn't acting like a rapist in front of his family and friends. It's the stupidest fucking thing I ever heard. In their statement, uh, they said, Throughout our time together, Danny has proven to be an amazing friend, confidant, and above all, an outstanding older brother figure to me, wrote Kunis. His caring nature and ability to offer guidance have been instrumental in my growth both personally and professionally. Witnessing his interactions with his daughter has been heartwarming and enlightening. Kunis also credited Masterson for his unwavering commitment to discouraging the use of drugs. Okay, again, has nothing to do with rape. No, you don't understand. Danny is very anti-drug. He's also taken a stand against jaywalking, littering. That, that's all well and good, but it has nothing to do with the case at hand here. Ashton did relay a story here. There was an incident where we were at a pizza parlor and a belligerent man entered who was berating his girlfriend. We had never met or seen these people before, but Danny was the first person to jump to the defense of this girl. Proof he's not a rapist. It's like, okay, so he didn't rape one girl. A girl who was in a public place around a bunch of people at a pizza parlor. Like, what What? The, what is this even supposed to mean? Like, okay, he was able to control himself. There's now been a lot of backlash against uh, Ashton and Mila's letters. So they got on social media. Oh, no. And they recorded a video for the rest of us. A couple months ago, Danny's family reached out to us and they asked us to write character letters to represent the person that we knew for 25 years. On one hand, it's like, OK, the dude has been convicted of rape. Maybe you should just sit this one out. D don't try to help him. On the other hand, like, what's the purpose of these character statements? Is it like, well, you know, when he's behind bars, he's probably going to be an okay guy. He's probably not going to get into a lot of trouble because when he's not raping, he's a sweetheart. So maybe it's just for like the to help the judge come up with the actual time behind bars. Like, all right, so it, rape. If you're convicted of rape, you're going to get like 15 to 30 years in prison. But, you know, if, if you get a lot of good character statements, the judge might might go on the low end of that instead of the high end. Instead of 30 years, give him 20 or 15. It's still within the span, the, the proper response for someone being sentenced to rape. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what these character witnesses are for. Five years. So that the judge could take that into full consideration relative what to does the that mean? The letters were not written to question the legitimacy of the judicial system or the validity of the jury's ruling. They were intended for the judge to read um, and not, to not not for you to read. <laughs> we didn't want this to get out. Undermine the testimony of the victims or re-traumatize them in any way. We would never want to do that. And we're sorry if that has taken place. Our heart goes out to every single person who's ever been a victim. I'm sure. Okay, look, this is obviously damage control. These two are probably like, what the fuck? He gets convicted of rape and we're the ones in trouble? We're getting dragged on social media? The hell did this happen? Well, if you've wondered why Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis have uh, been trending, that is why. They're in deep trouble for saying something nice about their rape-loving friend. All right, second story we have for you. Last week, we talked about that uh, airplane that had to turn around mid-flight because someone had explosive diarrhea and <laughs> just leaking out of their ass everywhere, getting in the airplane carpet. I still don't agree with the fact that airplanes have carpet. Laminate is the way to go or some sort of composite material. 
Nothing with fibers. That holds on to moisture and uh, you know, stains, stink. Seems like it would just be like an added cost. These you know, airplanes having to constantly reupholster shit. All right. Anyway, uh, there's been another flight causing issue. A New Zealand couple is now demanding a refund after they spent a 13 hour flight stuck next to a slobbering, whiny, farting dog. Gill and Warren Press said their Singapore Airlines flight from Paris, which they forked out extra for premium economy seating, was ruined by the noisy and gassy emotional service pooch. Why is a dog flying in premium economy? I mean, I'm guessing he was flying with its owner. They should be forced back in coach, you know? I heard this noise, a heavy snorting, Gill said, adding that she originally thought it was emitting from her husband's phone before realizing it was a dog's labored breathing. If it was just heavy breathing, I would say no to that refund. There are plenty of fat, disgusting people making loud noises on planes. She said, I'm not having this sitting next to us the whole trip. The couple said they overheard the owner telling another passenger that the stocky pup eased her anxiety. Oh, one of those emotional support animals, right? But the dog was kind of freaking out itself. It appeared to be distressed and struggling with the affliction on his own. When they uh, when they raised concerns with a flight attendant, the annoyed traveler said the hostess offered that they move their seat to the only available ones left in the back row of economy. They decided it was not worth giving up the luxury. OK, well, that's a bit of an overstatement. The luxury seats that they splurged on for the long haul trip to their layover in Singapore. Their patience reached breaking point halfway through the 13 hour journey. Oh, yeah. When a certain smell could no longer be ignored. Those were anxious farts. Them smell the worst. The canine had begun farting as it inched closer into their personal space, the couple said. The owner couldn't have the dog out in the aisle because they couldn't get the trolleys through, so it had to come in further, which meant his head was under my husband's feet. My husband was in shorts and was getting the dog's saliva goo on his leg. Eventually, the couple decided that they couldn't take it anymore, and they accepted the air hostess's later offer to place them in the front row of the economy cabin that has been reserved for staff. The attendant promised that she would file an incident report and the airline would reach out. The couple claims Singapore did not contact them until they began pestering its customer service team. They were eventually offered a $125 gift voucher. It was later upped to a $200 travel voucher for each of them. I think that's worth it, right? I mean, again, it's, it wasn't diarrhea. It was just a little dog mouth goo and dog farts. That wasn't good enough for the couple. They rejected the offer, claiming neither made up for the differences in value between their pricey premium economy seats and the economy spots they moved into. Now they're demanding that Singapore Airlines provide a full refund. The pair also said they're upset that the airline failed to notify them in advance that the animal would be on board. We did not receive the experience we paid for. A Singapore Airlines spokesperson said they would continue to liaise with the presses, the couple, over their grievances and reiterated their apology for the inconvenience. Final story we have for you today. This is a short one from China. Yes, customs agents in China seized 16 live lizards hidden inside a female passenger's... Bra. Hope that was worth the wait. This goddamn music just starts up with...
whenever it wants. No rhyme or reason. I think we're in the clear now. Music would have started if it was going to again. All right. Uh, the unnamed woman had been attempting to traffic the reptiles into... Trying to traffic the reptiles into Hong Kong, but was left red. You know what? We just turned the volume down. There we go. The woman had been attempting to traffic the reptiles into Hong Kong, but was left red-faced after being caught on the Chinese mainland side of the border. The footage shows her shuffling through the customs area, wearing incredibly baggy clothing. She was later forced to undergo a strip search after she drew too many suspicions. You know, like lizards emerging from her tit area. As officers took her aside, they discovered she had five mesh bags placed inside her bra, which contained 16 rare snail-finned lizards. Video released by the country's customs department shows agents taking the lizards out of the bags and placing them inside large plastic containers while waiting for wildlife experts to take over. The sailfin lizard or sailfin dragon is a group of large iguana-like reptiles named after the sail-like structure of their tails. Native to Indonesia and the Philippines, they are commonly found living near water and are threatened by both habitat loss and exotic pet trade. Do you think they're going to eat them? Chinese people always eat weird shit. I'm sorry. Lizards just sound like a cuisine they would partake in. Size vary with the largest males growing up to three and a half feet long. Wow. While the females are smaller. It's not known exactly what gender of reptile was seized. It's not just China where this goes down, by the way. It happens here in the United States, too. Last month, custom agents seized 77 seahorses, five snakes, and also snail ointment from a man traveling through a U.S. airport. Male passenger was passing through Washington Dulles International Airport from Vietnam when he was subjected to a secondary bag check when suspicions of its contents were raised by the customs agents. The check was carried out on August 1st and revealed the passenger was carrying a particularly bizarre contraband. Items include 77 dried seahorses, ugh, dead snakes, and an ointment derived from snails. Now that shit was going to be used for food. Don't believe me? He was also found with a bunch of illegal pork products. The man was traveling to a final destination of Fairfax, Virginia. The man did not have any of the required permits to be transporting the animals. Even if they are dead, you, you still need permits. Additionally, uncertified pork products from Vietnam are prohibited by the U.S. Department of Agriculture due to the potential introduction of dangerous African swine fever. And this, by the way, is a apparently a real problem. You know, everyone's freaking out about human trafficking when apparently the, the real problem is uh, pork trafficking. A second traveler from Vietnam who arrived on August 4th was destined to San Francisco, and he was found to be carrying four prohibited pork products and 50 small boxes of a commercial herbal liquid medicine that listed its ingredient as snake oil. It's always weird pork meat and snake oil. Very strange. Well, there you go. That, my friends, is your distorted news for Monday. Let's do a couple voicemails and get the hell out of here. Love to hear from you freaks, and there are many ways to contact the program. Show at distortedview.com. That's my email address. I'm all over social media at distortedview on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash distortedview show, yada, yada, yada. All right, let's check in with a few freaks. Yes, we've got some patrons checking in today. Hey, Tim, it's me, Shelton. Hey, hey man. I wanted to call and correct you 
on any some information about my weigh-in. <laughs> that scale I was using was from China, oh, and uh, the Chinese weigh themselves in kilograms. Oh, I see. <laughs> I'm actually a lot lighter than you think. Actually, that's not true, you moron. Because if it it showed on the scale 200, you know, 190, whatever. So if it was. 200 kilogram that that equals out to like 440 pounds you need to come up with a better lie mead try hey, again this is lars in california hey lars whatever you do don't bury the dog in the backyard just to well, please just to please ward douche uh, we didn't when one of our dogs died my wife insisted that we bring the dog home and that i buried it in the backyard <laughs> i dug that fucking 600 six foot deep hole buried the dog in the backyard and guess what when we sold the house she insisted i dig up the rotting corpse <gasps> no! and move it to the new house oh so, shit that's just, just don't even go there yep. just sizzle the thing and get it done that's right it's way more portable this way <laughs> timmy boo what a do this is necro foucher driving my semi down i-80 hmm Listening to your podcast, I was sorry to hear about the pooch. Oh, thank you. Uh, you laugh it off, you make the jokes, because you're a comedy podcast, but I know you're hurting inside. I live just right in Indianapolis. If you need me to drive out to Cincy, uh, I could meet you like at Jungle Gyms or something, and, mm. you know, maybe I could, like, sun my taint in the parking lot, and if you're... If your if my bro's mushroom tip just fell in there to make him feel better, you know who's to say? Very generous offer. Uh, that that's anything <laughs> but just just helping out your bro at a, at a sad you. time in need. So uh, uh, interesting you mentioned that because uh, Will Blunderfield has been very active on Twitter, and I'm like, oh, sounds like there's going to be a Will update this week on TV. So be on the lookout for that. Hey, Timmy Boo, this is Lifetime. Sideshow member Opus the Penguin. Hello. I heard my voicemail on the show, and I just wanted to give you a couple of details on why it, how it happened. Oh, okay. Yeah, Opus the Penguin called in. He was going through some shit last week, and uh, he he told us that he uh, was carrying a gun around, <laughs> and it was not loaded. But he was he kind of went through a mental thing last week. Um. My, I found out my wife was cheating on me with three different guys. Holy and shit. And she was deciding to leave the state with my five-year-old son. Oh, boy. Well, yeah, I, I think I would lose it, too, at that point. You know, yeah, your wife, you find out your wife's cheating on you, not with one other person <laughs> or two. It's like it's a whole like football team worth of people. And, well, uh, and to top it all off, you know, she leaves the state, you know, with your kid. Yeah, I mean, you go a little nutty. I had... Understandable. ...been sober for almost six months at that point in time. I took a couple shots, and that's when... That's, that's when it started. Yep. So, yeah, I got to spend the... got to spend the night in the hospital under observation. Oh, that sounds like a great time. I'm sure you were loving every second of that. Suicide watch and everything. Even yeah. Though I, wasn't planning on committing suicide yeah but yeah it was well listen uh, it sounds like you're doing better now which i am uh happy for it was pretty funny well okay figured 
if anybody cared and if they wanted an update. That's exactly what happened. All right. You have a good one to me, boo. You, you too. Hope you're doing better. Hope you work everything out. I don't know all the, you know, I'm only, I only know what you told me, but it sounds like you certainly deserve better, which is, a, you know, kind of a low bar. <laughs> you know what? You don't deserve to be cheated on by a woman who's fucking around with like 12 other guys. Like, yeah, no one deserves that, really. Well, I mean, some people deserve it. You don't deserve it. You know what? Don't drown your sorrows in alcohol. You wait. And uh, Coca-Cola is coming out with a new limited edition flavor I recently just found out about. You know, I'm loving this Coca-Cola creations thing that they're doing. Every few months, they come out with a new wacky flavor, like, uh, you know, Starlight, Pixels. I think one was called, like, Marshmallow or something. Uh, A lot of them are gross. Don't get me wrong. But it's fun to, you know, fun to see what they come up with. The new one is called Y... uh, I think it's called Y3000... And it's supposed to be artificially intelligence tasting or <laughs> something. Or no, uh, it's supposed to taste like the future, but it was partly designed. This is totally a gimmick, right? Partly designed by AI. The AI came up with the taste. So that's the new flavor of Coca-Cola. That'll be out uh, sometime in September. So check your uh, grocer's shelves for that crap. All right. Uh, that is all the time we have on this edition of the program. I want you guys to email me. Show at distortedview.com. Distortedview.com is our official website. Voicemail line for you. 206-666-4463. That's 206-660-GOD. Is it oh god If you do have AIDS, this relationship can probably go no further. <laughs> Spread the distortion, STD. Tell all your friends about the show. Don't forget to give us a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or like wherever you can rate and review podcasts. If you're Sideshow members, I'll see you back tomorrow. If not, well, the first thing you should do is sign up. Go to superfreaksideshow.com or sign up in one of those apps. Get access to the Sideshow. But if you refuse, I guess I'll just have to uh, wait and see you on Wednesday. Until then, have a great day. Bye, everybody. Tony, one, two, three, four, five. About being on these things. One, two, three, four, five. You end up on those news shows so often, you know? And those news shows are terrible. Tony. I'm telling you, I just realized it because I'm hearing the news show in the background. You know, you always think that you're doing those good morning uh, shows, but this is one of those news shows. Damn, I'm telling you, this is crazy. I don't want to do this. Tony. I'm going to be part of the local news. How exciting. Tony Danza. This has been another excellent podcast from the Scrod Media Group. Learn more at scrod.net.